Hello, and welcome to Not That Anybody Asked. Every single time I sit down to record one of these episodes, I literally forget what the last thing I said was, like in the last episode, what my update was. So I could be repeating myself a million times and I would have no idea because the weeks just blend together so seamlessly. I have no clue what I even said in the last little life update section of this. So... We had a long weekend this past weekend because it was the Marine Corps birthday and Veterans Day and Jake's birthday was on Sunday. He's now 26, which is crazy. I have been with him since he was 17, so that's literally insane. He's going to be in for a rude awakening. Actually, he's not going to care at all, but it'll be funny because he always has had his birthday off basically since being in the Marine Corps because they always get a long weekend for the birthday and Veterans Day and his falls right after Veterans Day. So he never has had to work on his birthday. But next year when he's no longer in, he'll probably have to work on his birthday. So that'll be tragic. But he had a pretty good birthday, I think. I can't speak for him, but he had Taco Bell for lunch, which is his favorite thing in the entire world, and homemade white people tacos for dinner with brownies, which are also two of his favorite things in the world. Can you sense a theme with the tacos? Birthdays do low-key get kind of lame as you get older, but I try really hard to keep them fun for him and like he does the same back for me. So, you know, it, it does get a little lame, but aging is fun to me. I really have liked getting older. I know people think like the closer you get to 30, it's scary and whatever, but I'm actually super hyped (laughs) to be getting closer to 30 because I feel like I've already been there. I feel like I've been 20-something forever and I'm ready for like the next decade of life. A lot of our friends are right around our same age and it's kind of 50-50 on if they're like, oh, don't say I'm almost 30 or if they're like, oh yeah, I'm almost 30. How cool. So I don't know. I'm definitely on the how cool side of things. Here is a little fun fact though. We have birthdays quarterly in this household. So every single three months, one of us has a birthday. It's like February, May, August, November. We are all evenly spaced. And whenever Jake and I first started dating, I said that jokingly. I was like, oh, if we had a kid in August and then February, we'd have like a perfectly spaced birthday. And then either my manifestation skills are fantastic and I don't know it, or coincidence is just too strong because that's literally exactly what we ended up with. And it was not intentional whenever we were like wanting to have kids. So it's just very funny. So Jake's quarter is up and next comes our daughters in February. She'll be five and that's honestly crazier than us being close to 30, honestly. It is finally getting cold here. We don't have to have the air conditioning on every single day and through the night. It actually gets kind of cold overnight, which is fantastic. I love the cold. Next week is Thanksgiving. That literally blows my mind. November is halfway over. I feel like this has just gone in the blink of an eye. It's going to be 2024 before we freaking know it. And next year is about to be crazy. I said the same thing at the beginning of 2023. And I literally did not know what was in store for me for 2023. And I could have never put literally any amount of dollars onto the things that happened this year. So I'm a little scared. (laughs) I'm a little bit scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm about 24, but also remaining hopeful and Naivety is on my side with this one because I don't think I want to know. I don't think I want to know what could happen. I will definitely be doing an episode about my New Year's resolutions because honestly, New Year's is like my favorite holiday, as dumb as that sounds, because it's not that big of a deal of a holiday. But I love 
fresh starts, new planners, new calendars, new goals, new resolutions, a new like outlook. I love that stuff. So New Year's has always just been my favorite and I will definitely be making an episode over that. I've done a TikTok about it the last I think three years. This will be my third year doing like a resolution and a go back and see what I did or didn't do in my last year's video. So super hyped for that. I love the season. But that is enough chatter. Let's do our little Instagram quote and then we will jump into the topic for the week. And it is by Holly Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y. That's Murray, right? I think underscore doodles. And it's you're never too much and you're always enough. And it's very cute little like pink and yellow graphic. Those are my two favorite colors. My background on my laptop is literally a bunch of pink and yellow lemons because I love those colors. As always, I will share that on the Instagram story for my personal and for the podcast Instagram. And if you're just finding my podcast and you're listening, my personal Instagram is at Katarina Strode. I'm that on all socials, literally even down to Pinterest. And the Instagram for the podcast is at not that anybody asked podcast because, you know, Instagram and their super freaking long handles. Okay, so on to the big stuff. Monday, Jake and I celebrate seven years of being married. Isn't that crazy? It truly is insane. People still look at me like I'm a teenage child bride, which, I mean, call it like you see it, I guess, honestly. I still look pretty young, I feel, so people watching me toting around an almost five-year-old and another kid, and when I tell them I've been married for like, you know, seven years, it I, I do get some strange um, reactions to that. But nonetheless, November 20th, 2016 is when Jake and I got married. I don't really remember if I have talked about the timeline of our relationship thus far on here, but I'll do a little rundown of spark notes of that. We met in June of 2015. We did go to high school together, but we ran with very, very, very different crews. A lot of people knew me in high school, but I didn't really hang out with a lot of people outside of school. I didn't realize this until after we had officially met and were kind of like becoming more than friends thing, but I actually said hi to him every single day of our junior year because he would always get to school kind of early and sit in the middle of the hall, not the middle, but against his and his friend's locker and they would sit on the ground and I would come in like bounding in my like low-key business casual outfit every day just like ready to take on the world be preppy because if you can't tell about like everything about me I'm a morning person okay <laughs> I wake up and I'm ready so I would come in every day and my locker was just a little further down than theirs were and every day I would walk past them and be like good morning good morning guys how are you doing whatever and I'd like walk over their feet like trying to be funny and I didn't realize that was him but I did that every morning of our junior year before we even actually met. The only reason I did it was because his friend he sat with had been my friend since like middle school. So I've known him forever and I just like lumped him in with him. So I would always just be like, good morning, whatever. And he thought I was probably so annoying. Actually, I know for a fact he didn't think I was annoying, but he was like, oh my gosh, this girl, why is she so awake right now? Anyway, so we meet in June of 2015 officially. He already knew me, but I literally had no clue who he was. And we did not start officially dating. He asked me to be his girlfriend on August 1st of 2015. So we talk, whatever, hung out exclusively for pretty much the whole month of July. And then started dating in August. Went back to school in August. And we never broke up a single time. We were pretty just like solid. We were really good just like friends. And we hung out all the time. We were together like 
literally every chance that we could. He worked a lot. I had a bunch of extracurricular stuff with school and school was super important to me. So, I mean, we were both busy, but we made time. I dragged him to his first school dances ever. Literally the first ever high school dance he went to was homecoming with me senior year. He had never gone to the school play or like, I don't, I'm sure he went to football games, but he didn't go like to everyone like I had to for the organizations I was part of, or he'd never gone to like a choir concert. And suddenly he was like full of school spirit. He actually really wasn't. He just um, was faking it. Well, he wasn't faking it, but he was being supportive of me and putting up with it. We graduated high school in May of 2016, and then we just kind of spent the summer gallivanting around, hanging out, doing stuff, whatever. And he left for boot camp in August of 2016, and I started my first semester of college. He was in boot camp for 13 weeks until November 18th, I want to say, is when he graduated boot camp. And we got married November 20th. On August 6th, right before he left, he asked me to marry him. He did the little like scavenger hunt with photos across like our whole town. And he asked me to marry him at the park that we went to the very first night that we met whenever we like talked for literally hours while our other friends we were with were off doing their own thing. We just swung on the swings and talked to each other and it was super, super cute. So that's where he asked me to marry him. And then three months later, we got married. We actually got married on my grandparents' anniversary. I think it was their 57th, I want to say. And I'm very, very grateful that we did that. It's very special to me. They were honestly just fantastic. My grandpa was so, so special to me. And he passed away in 2018. And those photos from our wedding were some of the last, like, really good pictures that we have of him. So I'm just so grateful that we did that. We had you know, like a great photographer and we celebrated them at our wedding as well. We had a little cake that said, you're still the one on it and they cut it too. And it's just so, so, so freaking cute. I'll have to post that picture that I have with them in it too, because it's adorable and Jake loves them as well. So it wasn't a weird, like I really wanted that and he didn't, he was super on board with it too. It was a very, very cold day. Um, I did not really put into account how cold it gets in the Midwest in literally November whenever I was planning the wedding because Jake was gone. So I pretty much did the whole thing by myself and he just showed up. Well, my mom and I, my mom literally did so much for us for that. It's like not even funny. We would not have been able to do it without her, but we got actually married outside and it wouldn't have been that big of a deal if I would have used my brain cells for five seconds and did a long sleeve dress or had my bridesmaids in long sleeve dresses. We all had on literally like tank tops. It was I mean, it was really cute, but it was just, we were all freezing cold. There's definitely a lot I would change about our wedding, but that's also in hindsight. I mean, it was 2016 and I was legitimately 18 years old and we had approximately no money. So the options were very limited. It was a fantastic wedding. I love it so much. I wouldn't actually go back and change anything, but if I was doing it now, I would do it a lot differently. Anyway, back to the timeline. We moved to Hawaii in March of 2017, so after like three and a half or four months of marriage. And yeah, then we had our daughter. I think we'd been married for like two and a half years when we had her. Our son we had right before four years of being married, and now here we are at seven. I was trying to think what my favorite years were, and honestly, I think this last one. This last one was probably my favorite. It had a lot of trials and a lot of crazy shit that happened in the last year. But just overall, like our relationship wise, I genuinely think this past one was probably the best one. I feel like all the other ones have been kind of broken up by 
deployments and going to the field. And I mean, he was gone for a lot of this last one as well, but it didn't take away from growth or from anything like it maybe did in the past. Yeah, that's kind of crazy now that I'm thinking about it because I feel like as things get older, a lot of times it gets worse <laughs> or people say, oh, that year was really good. Like when it was easy before we had kids, but I don't know. This, this past one was really, really good. I mean, maybe that first year because we were so like just excited to be doing stuff on our own, have our own house, make our own choices. But I don't know. That's, that's weird. Now that the timeline's kind of out of the way and you can really grasp that I've literally spent my entire adult life married, like fully, fully married, not just planning a wedding, literally married. I wanted to do seven things I've learned in seven years or seven like relationship tidbits or maybe advice. I don't really know, but just seven things that came to mind when I was thinking about being married for seven freaking years. This first one was the first one that came to mind because it's just true. And I wrote, no matter how solid you feel, kids will rock your shit personally and between the two of you. And that's not necessarily in a bad way. It's not saying like, kids will make your life worse or kids will think will make things harder it's just it's a shift no matter how you swing it it's going to be a shift in your dynamic together your dynamic personally separately and I think that having a spouse who can sympathize at least with what you're going through as the one that gave birth is really really important and he was very receptive to that and he took a lot of things on that a lot of guys don't having kids changed him a lot it also changed me a lot and we had to be very you know candid and honest with each other about the things that maybe did shift in us even if we weren't sure what's going on I swear that he became a totally different person in the best way after having kids and I don't think he would have had that shift if maybe we didn't have kids I think it would have happened eventually but it definitely changed him as a person and again, the same with me. I mean, I'm a lot different of a person than I was five years ago. I don't think it should be necessarily a scary thing, but I think it's naive to not be aware that having a child does shift things. So you do just have to be aware of that and ready for it as best as you can and make sure you're checking in with each other and, you know, talking your way through it instead of just shutting each other out, which I know is way easier said than done, but you know, you got to do it. The next one is that learn your love languages. Learn your love languages. If you do not know your giving and receiving love language, you need to read a book. You need to read the book. It is literally one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life and one of the most valuable pieces of information you could possibly have for a relationship. I'm telling you, I'm legitimately going to link the book in this podcast description because it is fantastic. We did that very, very early in our relationship. And I swear it just, it makes everything so much easier because you can understand better why they are or are not doing something based off of that. Like it's, it's just so nice. We retake the tests every so often, or we notice shifts in us every so often that we literally update each other. We will legitimately be like, Hey, I think I'm more of this now. Like, I think this is kind of what I need more now instead of, you know, whatever it used to be. For example, I want acts of service as a love language for me. And it's a very common one. I mean, it's it's especially common in women just because we like action. But when it comes to how I give love to people, 
I am much more quality time and words of affirmation. Not that I don't do stuff for other people because I do if that's what they need, but my like natural give off is spending time or quality time with people and basically being a hype man. Jake's is very much quality time. He loves to just spend time, even if we're not talking to each other, just being in the presence of each other is very important to him. The other ones that I haven't mentioned yet is physical touch and receiving gifts or giving gifts. Giving gifts does not necessarily mean that you're materialistic or anything like that. But if you want more information, I will link that book because I literally recommend it to every single person. Even if you're not even in a relationship or married, it's a great book to read to just for friendships, for your own personal self, literally for my parents. I mean, I understand my mom more (laughs) now after reading that book. Piggybacking off of that is that literally anything can be turned into a date. Before we had kids, we had a lot more freedom to do literally whatever we wanted. But post kids, it's been a little harder to make the time or make the effort to have dates. I feel like a shortened version of this is just romanticizing the monotony of things. So literally sometimes we'll be watching a movie and it feels like we're literally on a date because of how we're talking and conversing about this movie or we will DoorDash food or one of us will go pick up food and bring it back for just us to eat and we can talk and like have a little at home date, you know? Just try and romanticize things that might be boring or you might have thought were boring earlier on in your relationship because sometimes the slow boring quote-unquote dates are the ones that are like the most fun a lot of these last ones could be umbrellaed under one of these if that makes sense like one of these could literally tell you everything about the rest of these but I want to go into each one of these things I wrote down but the umbrella is that communication is quite legitimately the entire key I'm not sure if him and I are just the perfect storm of communication, but I can never shut up if you can't tell. So any thought that crosses my head, anytime my feelings are hurt, anytime that I'm upset by something or I don't feel like I'm getting XYZ, I say it out loud. And that can sometimes turn into me, you know, complaining about things I don't really need to be complaining about. And as I've gotten older, I've definitely realized that Not everything is worth saying like all of the time, but I think it set a good precedent from the very beginning that I don't expect to just not be talked to or I don't expect to not be able to voice my opinion on things or that I don't expect to be shut out in fights or arguments or anything like that. We did have to learn how to fight, which is a whole other thing because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to fight. Jake and I, we don't like yell okay like we're not yellers we don't like sit there and scream each other we don't have these blowout whatever but we did have to learn how the other person handles conflict so I like to just hash it out like right there I just I don't like to sit on stuff I don't like to do the whole like go to bed angry thing which I think sometimes you should go to bed angry maybe that's a hot take but he is definitely a cool down and recollect later type of guy so that caused a lot of miscommunication in the very beginning because I would just keep picking and picking and trying to get him to talk and trying to get him to work out blah 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 blah. and he would just shut down further and like retreat and then he would get angry and just be like I don't even want to talk about it you know and then it would turn into then I was mad because he was mad you know kind of thing so we had to learn how to fight effectively And conversations about how to fight or how you process things need to be had in a calm setting. Those are not things you can resolve 
in the middle of an argument or in the middle of a disagreement. It has to be done in a more neutral, calm setting prior to so you can use those things when it does come about. Like I said, we are not and have never been big fighters. Like we're just we're just not. We're both very easygoing with each other and are very just good at saying how we feel about things. But I mean, we're not perfect and we've definitely had times where it wasn't like peaches and rainbows and great. I mean, it's taken literally seven years to get to this point that I'm like, we are very good at fighting. <laughs> we're very good at resolving conflict between each other because we've had to resolve conflict between each other. Another thing on my list, like I said, kind of falls under this umbrella, but this is something we do because I found, we have found that a lot of times whenever we go to like discuss something or if we feel like we're going to hurt the other person's feelings by what we are going to say, but we don't want to hurt their feelings. Like if I were to say something about like, I don't even know an example. Let me, let me conjure up an example real quick. I literally just had to go ask Jake for an example because I could not even think of one. We both really couldn't come up with anything good. So what I'm trying to say is that if you, something is wrong, something's bothering you, okay, and you want to like tell your spouse, but you know that it's going to come off as you hurting their feelings or you know that it will hurt their feelings, we always open up with, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Like just laying it out on the table and being like, this statement I'm about to make is not supposed to hurt your feelings i'm not trying to attack you i'm not trying to make you upset however i need to say this for me so i can't literally my brain is not functioning right now but if something was happening where like i let's say was like slacking off in something or i was not doing something that i usually do or i just wasn't acting like myself or i was doing something out of character jake would be like listen i'm not trying to hurt your feelings with this but Blah, 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 blah. And then give the example of the thing that's bothering him or the thing that's been like he's noticed. This is an absolutely trash example. Like I'm giving the worst examples ever, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. Just laying out flat that your your goal in a conversation is not to hurt their feelings, but it is bothering you or it is making you, you know, like it's affecting your life. And even though you are not coming to them to literally hurt their feelings you still want to tell them because you care about you know your relationship this next one is one that has been really hard for me i'm not gonna lie because i'm a problem solver i am a like let's figure this out let's work this out whatever and this next one is some things are not your problem to solve and you cannot solve it for them sometimes all that you can do is be there for somebody to listen to them talk or if they want solutions, you can give, you know, your two cents on something. But at the end of the day, no one else's problems are my problems to fix. Like they're her, his own personal problems. I cannot do that for him. I can push and I can push and I can try to just like keep like, I guess, nagging or keep, you know, trying to help him with this problem that he's having or this situation. But at the end of the day, I can't do a single thing. It is literally all on him. And that was literally so hard for me to grasp because I just want to fix everything. I want to help him deal with everything that's, you know, in his own head, his own like mental health, his own stuff with his own family, his own stuff with his own friends. But I can't do that. And it genuinely did take me a while to be okay with not being able to help him in that sense. Again, I can be there for him like until my, you know, face turns blue but I can't, I physically cannot solve some things for him. Some problems are not mine to deal with. They're only his. The very last thing I have on here is that saying marriage is 50-50 is complete and utter bullshit. 
in our entire seven years of being married, but eight being together, almost nine being together, I literally can't think of a single time it's been exactly evenly 50-50 split. You can try. You can try your best. If it works out for you, please let me know. But it is <laughs> marriage is literally not 50-50. I'm I'm just I'm just telling you right now. If anything, I think saying like 100-100 would be more accurate of an example because even if one of you are slacking off a little bit or something's going on where you can't give your 100, you still are not less than 100. Like you, you know what I'm saying? There's room for like maybe the other person to not have to compensate for a person slipping or something happening in their own like personal head like I was just talking about. I feel like in any partnership, relationship, long-term situation, there are definitely different areas that maybe you are over your 50 on, you know? Like I definitely have more of the mental load, the household, you know, stuff with kids. But he deals with all the financial stuff. Like he takes all that on. He deals with all of like the physical, tangible, you know, maintenance of our life that I don't have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? And sure, if one of us needs help with something, we will definitely cross in each other's territory. But I would never expect him to take 50% of the mental load whenever he's not even like home all day to take that on. I really do get the sentiment of the 50-50 thing because then it equals like 100%, you know, like you're putting 100% combined into your relationship. But the the 50 number throws me for a loop a little bit because that makes me feel like I'm giving 50% of what I could be. You know, that's why the 100 thing makes more sense, like 100-100 because I'm putting in my full 100 whenever I can. But if I can't, then it's okay. I, I just think the whole number, it just really doesn't make sense in my brain. <laughs> At the end of the day, we are each our own person dealing with our own, you know, mental stuff, our own past families, like previous relationships, previous everything that we have to deal with still, even if we are together. So I just don't think it's fair to assume we were going to just be 50-50 all the time. And if one of us is slipping, that it's then like a detriment to something. I just don't really like that. That's not my favorite bit of marriage advice. I put a little question box on my Instagram because I just love knowing what you guys want to know. So the first question I got was, how did coming from divorced families affect your marriage? We are both from divorced families. His parents are divorced. My parents are also divorced. I think I can speak for him as well with saying we just really didn't want to repeat our parents' outcomes. His parents got divorced when he was very, very young. I think he was like two years old and they got divorced. Mine were... I think they were married for like 15 years, I want to say, before they got divorced. So I lived a majority of my childhood with married parents. I think that from his side, again, I can't necessarily speak fully for him, but I think it made him just really motivated to get it right. You know, like really motivated to make it work, to do what needed to be done, to be open and responsive and communicative to his future spouse or me, I guess. And for me... I don't know if it really affected me that badly just because I did live so much of my life with them being married, but it definitely caused a little bit of like trust issues later on just because a lot of my childhood I felt like was then jaded by, you know, like this then happening later on. I also think unfortunately it has made us talk about like what would happen if something did happen between us a lot. Like we, it's something that's very prevalent in our heads not like in a manifestation like oh when we get divorced kind of thing but you know it is something that was a reality for us and we lived through that both of us so 
it's more of like how we would handle stuff with the kids or that's a lot of what we think about when it comes to that kind of stuff, which maybe that's unhealthy. I don't really think it is personally, but that's, that's, you know, the only way I can think it affects us still. This is probably my favorite question I've ever received. And I would literally talk about this all the time. I love the honesty of this. It basically is asking why I don't ever post stuff about him or if he's so awesome, why do I not say that he's awesome all over social media all the time? And let me be honest with you. I used to be like that. Okay. When we first got married, I would do the whole like super long Instagram caption about how fantastic and whatever. And then I was like, "Mm, I don't really care that much. I am a very big believer that the most silent people are the most confident. So personally, I don't feel the need to post crazy whatever about him all over my social media to prove he's awesome because I know he's awesome. Sure, is it really cool whenever he posts a picture for my birthday? Yeah, I love it. I think it's so cute. But if all the time he was just posting on his Instagram like photos of me and how much he loved me and how great I was, I'd probably be like, okay, you could say it to my face, dude. We're also both not big PDA people. Like we don't really do any like touchy whatever in public. We're just not big PDA people. So we're not really like that on social media either. If you know us in real life and all of our friends can vouch for us on this, We very, very much love each other. We very, very much enjoy each other's company more than anything. And yeah, I promise in real life, I I tell him how great he is all the time. And I just don't feel like that's really everyone's business, honestly. I mean, I love sharing things with everybody and I love talking about us, but I don't feel the need to just like pour my heart and soul into an Instagram caption or a TikTok because honestly, low key, I think people that do that are compensating. I'm just going to say it. A lot of times, the longer the caption, the more issues there are. So that's that's all I'm going to say on that. This one says, how did you know that Jake was the one? I'm going to be really honest that I didn't. <laughs> well, obviously I did, but I there's not like a defining moment. I can't remember like one single moment being like, oh, this is it. This is the one. I do remember when I was like, oh, I feel very like safe with this person. I think that's the thing that did it for me was I just felt so safe and secure with him not even in a like romantic like oh I feel secure in our relationship but him as a person he just made me feel so just safe I don't know another word besides that the second time I got into a car accident I got into an accident right in front of our high school whenever we were getting out of school I rear-ended somebody that's a whole other story for another time but he was already gone he had already left school and I called him and I told him what happened and he literally turned right back around and he came over to where my car was and he helped us like push it off the side of the road and he was like trying to get everything situated with everyone and he was just like the ultimate protector and we had been dating for literally two weeks at this point okay we had been like I hadn't met him two months prior to this I had to like get checked out in an ambulance and he was right there for that he was with my sister because my sister was with me as well and then he came to my dad's house with me and he just it just I don't know he just made me feel so protected and secure and safe I don't know another word and basically from then on I was like I just feel so good like this just makes me feel so good and honestly I respected him a lot I respected him a lot as an individual outside of just being my boyfriend or being whatever to me who he was outside of me I respected a hell of a lot and I think that's another thing I was like you're just a good person like there's no one saying anything bad about you there's not like all these people lining up about how you did xyz to them like he just was a good good guy and he proved it over and over again 
this is the last one that I'm going to do because I have a couple more. They're just kind of more surface level things about our relationship, but I'm already getting kind of long on time here. But it's basically asking like what the foundation of like a good relationship or our relationship would be. And I think a couple of those things would be what I was just saying about respecting each other outside of your relationship. Like as people, Jake and I both respect each other just as human beings, who we are outside of what we are to each other. Like it's, I can't even really describe it. I just, I speak so highly of him because he deserves it a lot and he does the same to me, to other people as well. So I think just having respect, just pure respect for them as a person is really, really, really important. And then I think just having open communication, knowing that you're not trying to hurt each other's feelings, knowing you're not going to take low blows and jabs and make them feel bad to make yourself feel better is very, very, very important because if there's one thing you can't do is take back words. Once you say something, it's out there. And that is very, very thin ice to walk upon, especially in a romantic relationship. Just because once you start to splinter something, it's a lot easier for other stuff to come through and to make it a million times worse. Okay, I have one more thing on here that I'm going to read. It's from someone that knows us in real life. And she said, not a question, but you and Jake are literally real life goals. I respect and adore you guys so much. Little heart hand emoji. As always, if there's anything I said in here that you want more clarification on or want me to talk about more, pretty much everything I spoke about in here, I could talk for literally so much longer about because I don't think I'm a relationship expert by any means. And mine and Jake's relationship is definitely not like just this perfect, whatever, all the time, whatever. But we've worked really, really freaking hard the last seven years to make it what it is today and I'm so proud of us for that because we knew literally nothing we both came from divorced parents like I said we had basically no real role models in the successful relationship department so we've just had to figure this out as we go but if you want me to talk more about anything let me know happy seven years being married to us still crazy to talk about thank you so much for listening thank you oh my gosh I don't know if it just picked up on the microphone but Felix is right outside my door snoring so I think that's my cue I hope you have a fantastic day, night, afternoon, whatever time of day you're listening to this, and I'll talk to you later.